Doesn't that just put a chill in your bones? Creepy enough uh, to definitely stick around um, and just kind of linger with you. That's right, guys. This week, I'm going to talk about, well, everyone's all-time favorite clown, Pennywise. That's right. We're going to talk about It's the 1990 TV series um, that, uh, well, we all remember Tim Curry to this day. And essentially, we now, well, I'm sure, as most of you know, the remake is due to come out this September 8th with Bill Skarsgård. Um, if the uh, advertisements, the trailer, all of that, don't give it away, this could possibly be our next phenomenon as for uh, as for a good old-fashioned horror film. Um, but uh, so many people that I've talked to really had no clue outside of the novel that, you know, this was already a film. So I just, I kind of wanted to address that for those who haven't seen it, just kind of give you a brief overview and hopefully excite you enough to actually go through and see this. So, um, I mean, the first original film, Tim Curry would basically... To this day, influence my fear and terror of all clowns. Um, I don't know if that has something to do with the makeup, the fact that their face could look sad and they're acting happy. They're just overall very creepy, creepy people. And um, although this is probably not the best adaptation for Stephen King going into a movie, you know, given the fact that the, how big this novel was, they had a lot of work to try to narrow down, keep to a simple plot line, um, and still kind of, you know, get the point across uh, when special effects really wasn't available to them, especially for ABC television network. Now, uh, Tim Curry's portrayal of King's most evil nightmare is just truly unforgettable, terrifying, and yet charismatic um, and certainly memorable. Uh, beep, beep, Richie, uh, to that day, those lines stick with me, and I definitely cannot forget them. Uh, I mean, it definitely shuts me up. Uh, he's a horror icon, and he definitely deserves to be. So this is a 1990 American-Canadian supernatural horror drama directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. And it's an adaptation, like I said, of Stephen King's 1,138-page novel. So they would bring on Lawrence D. Cohen, um, who actually wrote the script for Salem's Lot. So they would use him to help basically condense uh, this novel and just try to get the main really big points across. Now, the plot revolves around a predatory alien shapeshifter. Well, you don't know that. Well, uh, majority of the time in the film, it stays as a clown. Um, but uh, this this alien shapeshifter transforms itself into its prey's worst nightmare. It essentially feeds on fear. Um, and what do we see most often? This sadistic, wisecracking clown, Pennywise. Now, our heroes uh, are the Losers Club or the Lucky Seven. They basically come together and vow to destroy him by any means necessary. Now, this um, plot is going to take over two um, timelines. We're going to see the, the losers uh, together when they're just around, like, say, 10, 11, pre-teens, that kind of thing, and then when they're adults about 30 years later because that is the reoccurring cycle for Pennywise. <clears throat> Our cast includes Tim Curry, Harry Anderson, Dennis, and C- Dennis Christopher, Richard Thomas, Richard Moser, Annette O'Toole, Tim Reed, and John Ritter, um, well, the late John Ritter, and, uh, I mean, this 
these were the adults that would form our cast. Of course, our kids were these kind of up-and-comers. No one really knew who they were, um, except, of course, some of you might recognize Seth Green, Go Robot Chicken. Uh, the music, as you just heard, uh, was brought to us by Richard Bellis. Um, truly creepy to combine the, you know, the use of a circus meeting just overall horror theme is, I don't know, I just, I absolutely love the theme, but absolutely just love to hate it. So, um, th- as I was saying, they would take the, the, uh, the book and turn it into this mini series. Originally supposed to be a four part, eight hour mini series. Um, ABC enlisted the work with Lawrence D. Cohen, um, to adapt it and try to condense it. But essentially this would turn into a two part, four hour mini series. Um, essentially Cohen was able to keep the core elements, but was forced to abandon a lot of the subplots of the book. And, um, production of course began in the early nineties, filmed over three months in new Westminster, BC, and would air that November, uh, 1990 to be a major success. In fact, collecting about 30 million viewers, um, altogether. The first part, um, being the children being the most successful. Um, and then the second part airing about two days later and just had a couple thousand less viewers. Now, uh, after this was all said and done, it had quite a positive reception and cult following. Critics would praise Curry uh, for his performance and the performance of the child actors. Uh, For those of you who haven't seen it, there's a real chemistry between them. Um, And it just, they were really dedicated to what they're doing. And it just, you can really sense the fear. I just, the kids did such a great job. Um, just as I imagine reading the book to that, they, they just, they really did a great job portraying their characters. So our music, Richard Bellis, he would receive a primetime Emmy award for outstanding achievement in musical composition for that earlier feature that I just played. Um, which pretty amazing because I, I wouldn't say it's one of the best, but definitely sticks with you. So I hope for a majority of you, you've actually seen this film already. Um, but for those newcomers waiting for the remake, you know, you need to know the necessary parts. So essentially this all comes together when Georgie Edenborough is murdered. Um, and he's basically found near a storm drain. He was lured in. Um, this is Bill's younger brother. And Bill is our, our main character joining the Losers Club. And our six others would come in. And these are friends of Bill's, members of his class, you know, members of the school, that kind of thing. Uh, and these six others, they're all being tortured not only by Pennywise, but also by the same bully, um, Henry uh, Bowers. And now our loser group, and they're going to consist of Ben Hanscom, Eddie Kasprak, Beverly March, Richie Tozer, Stanley Uris, and finally Mike Hanlon. Now, um, you follow this story going forward. Um, we watch them solve the issues as children and then later as adults. Uh, personally, they're some of the most iconic scenes of clown horror in this film. Um, just some examples that I liked, um, that definitely stuck with me. Adult Richie in the library, uh, when adult Bill comes back and visits the graveyard. And young Beverly, when she's brushing her teeth in the bathroom and the sink begins to talk to her. Um, and last but not least, when the picture comes alive, when the group's flipping through Mike's book and Pennywise finally speaks to them. It's just truly excellent horror and just definitely stays with you. Um, I could talk more about the plot, but I just, I really don't want to give too much away. Uh, just hope that the remake can, can certainly stick to these good parts and not, you know, venture away too, too much from the original idea. I mean, definitely want to have some creativity there, but I don't, I don't want to see them ruin this, uh, at the same time. But I am truly excited to see how Bill Skarsgård is going to do his representation. From what I can tell in the preview, it appears he's going to approach this with more of a childlike 
um, demeanor, unlike Curry, which of course was the adult. So um, this was the first TV-made um, miniseries since Toby Hopper's Salem Lot, so just as I said earlier. So Cohen would have helped with that, as well as Carrie in 76. Um, sadly, King would have little to no, nothing to do with actually helping write the script, which I think is really disappointing. Um, the only time this has ever been successful was when Stanley Kubrick did it in The Shining, and even then he ended up pissing King off. So I... I don't know. I just feel that whenever you're going to take King's novels and turn it into a movie, the man should be there. <laughs> um, Romero, uh, cool fun fact, Romero was actually going to be the first to direct this. But I think if he was, King would have been there. The two of them, of course, being very close friends from the film Creep Show. Um, but, of course, he had to drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Um, a fun fact I didn't realize, but ABC was really intimidated by this project. Horror, of course, is not a comfortable subject for a lot of people. Um, and this is the first time we're really going to see it on television. So you can really thank these guys for paving the way for us nowadays to have things like The Walking Dead and, um, you know, American Horror Story because these guys essentially brought it into the limelight that, you know, it's kind of cool and people enjoy seeing it on television. Now, um, even though in the film, or in the TV miniseries and in the book, the adults will never meet the kids and vice versa, they felt that it was best um, that the actors actually know who they're portraying. So they did do one day where the director brought the kids and the adult actors together just to hang out, which I think would definitely help kind of give the kids an idea of what they were going to portray and vice versa. And um, this lovely TV miniseries would finally be filmed to the cost of $12 million. Now, uh, special effects, always a fun, fun thing to discuss, but essentially one of the hardest things they had was coming up with Pennywise's original look. Um, they wanted to do a bulbous forehead, you know, exaggerated cheekbones and a sharp chin, but Curry had just come off of a film that involved a lot of prosthetics, so he actually said he didn't want anything to do with that, and using, being an act, actually trained stage actor, he's, he's much more aware of using his facial expressions to represent what he's trying to portray um, with a little bit of simple makeup and so forth you know it became what we know today so um, I don't like I was saying I don't like to give away spoilers but the ending would also require a lot of special effects work um, it's possibly one of the stupidest endings I've ever seen but th- there's a little bit more they just they really couldn't do what we what we were expecting from the book now um, I just don't like to give too much away, but it is pretty cheesy, so just keep that in mind, guys, if you haven't seen it before. So, sadly, this film only has a 62% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, And uh, everyone during the filming, I guess, would report that they didn't want to hang around with Curry because his makeup was just so creepy. Um, A young Henry Bowers, uh, the actor, he really hated referring to the young actor Mike Hanlon um, because, of course, he was constantly using the N-word and would apologize prior to the scene just because he felt so uncomfortable doing it. Um, For those of you, when you do see the film, pay attention to the guard who is in the asylum. His name is Kuntz, which is actually Stephen King's rival author, Dean R. Kuntz. So I found that pretty funny. Um, Curry was really apprehensive about taking this role. Like I said, coming off one that just involves so much special effects makeup, he found it really tiresome. Um, so he just he wasn't really sure about taking this role. But when the director said that they would do it without so much special effects makeup, he of course signed on. Now um, Wallace, funny enough, there's a few quotes that I found where he said he felt that the second part of the film did not have the same chemistry as the first. Essentially, boiling down to the actors, the adults didn't 
did not work as well as the kids. Now, um, when you do see the film and the kids enter the sewer for the first time, that rain was not brought on by special effects. It actually was raining, funny enough, so it made things a little easier. Um, filming it moving through the pipe work, they actually tied a camera to a dolly. Um, now, for those of you who have only seen the film and not read the books, beep, beep, Richie is used to shut Richie up. That is his, you know, shut up, Richie. That is why the kids use it. They actually don't really mention that in the in the movie. They just like to use the quote. Now, in um, the uh, part I mentioned earlier where Be- young Bev is in the bathroom brushing her teeth and we hear the names of the kids coming up through the sink, they're actually members of the crew, those names that they mentioned. And um, they would end up building a set to show um, Pennywise and going into the sewers and tearing it down just because they couldn't find uh, exactly what they were looking for. But realistically, it's probably a good thing. A lot of people were trying to find this power plant. Um, and uh, essentially, it's nothing like what we saw in the film and what we imagined. So, sorry guys, there's no way you can go visit Pennywise's home. Now, uh, when they added the be, uh, the grays to Mike's hair when he's older. They actually did that with baby powder and a toothbrush. And uh, I just thought that was kind of neat. <laughs> just these, these little things that you can use to uh, to really enhance the the story of your film and, and just show time. Um, you know, and it's just stuff you find in your medical uh, cabinet, which is pretty neat. Now, um, the director would actually ask the cast to use personal items just kind of help portray things. And funny enough, little Eddie actually did have asthma. So he required an inhaler. So that inhaler we see is actually Eddie's proper inhaler. Um, and um, a fun fact I didn't realize, but Pennywise was actually originally going to be played by Alice Cooper. They thought to cast him for the role, which I thought was a little strange. Um, watching the film, I noticed at one point... Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but a certain character dies. Uh, he is of Jewish faith, yet Pennywise puts him beneath a crucifix in the grave. Kind of curious what you guys think. Um, do you think Pennywise did that on purpose, or was that just a fluke or mix-up by the director? Who's to know? Um, but I uh, just kind of was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, interesting. And as I was saying, the ending is so different from the book to the film. Actually, the book involves a turtle, but I don't really want to go into too much detail on that. But uh, when uh, John Ritter came on set, he asked the studio, you know, what are we going to do for the turtle? Of course, because he'd read the book and they all thought he was nuts because none of them actually had. And um, finally, a little sad Fun fact, the young boy who ends up playing Bill in the film, when he turned 18, would eventually kill himself. So just sort of a sad, sad memorial, but he certainly will live on as definitely one of the, the better heroes in a, in a horror film. May, uh, may you rest in peace. Anyways, going forward, guys, I uh, can't wait to see the remake September 8th. Definitely going to give you guys a little report on that and my thoughts um, and just whatever fun facts that I can find. Uh, other than that, I'd love to hear what you guys are thinking, love to hear your commentary, or love to hear what you guys want me to talk about next. So um, definitely leave a comment uh, on the iTunes page. Find me on Twitter um, under the scare of you or at Instagram as well. Thanks, guys. Till next week.